All right. Hey, we're uh, do, we got uh, working on a couple of technical things, but I know there's a lot of smiling, laughing. But this is church. We're not supposed to be fun and laughing. This, this is serious business. Right? You saw me doing the Carlton back there, and you think you can just like, laugh and play now? There, right? No, I'm kidding. Well, guys, I know we got a lot of new faces. <coughs> I know, it, it is a little crowded, but if anybody needs uh, some extra, if we need some extra chairs, we do have some available. So if anybody comes in and we go, I can't got a place to sit, but. Um, uh, but, hey, we're family, man. You can kind of scrooch in and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is like, don't worry. Uh, we all took baths. I mean, I took one Tuesday, so it's cool. Um, so, but uh, my name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors serving alongside you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, today is an amazing, incredible, awesome, wonderful, beautiful day. Like, yeah, first service was was absolutely amazing, man. And this service is just going to be that way as well. So let me tell you about a couple of things that are going on real quick. We've got um, blessing baskets today, right? And this is a, it's a, like, this is a fun, fun, fun time. Like we get to uh, like give Thanksgiving dinners to those that need Thanksgiving dinners. And how many of us have ever been in the spot? Uh, Price is going to talk a little bit about this, right? But ever been in a spot where you didn't know your next meal was coming or didn't know Thanksgiving was like, man, this is going to be a tough thing. We're going to actually provide that. 49 dinners are going to be distributed today, right? What's cool is that we got the Baldwin City School District, the City of Edgerton, and Johnson County uh, Health and Human Services contacted us and gave us all the names. We didn't have, like that was, a, and we had some recommendation from internal as well uh, for, for those. But man, it's just been an incredible, day. like it's been an awesome way of a display of the different ways that we are connecting with our, our city because we want to make the city better because we're here, right? And we want the city to know that. So it's just, uh, it was awesome. It's wonderful to, to hear that going on. And to have forty, I think we had thirty-six that we did last year. So that's a like it's a it's a it's an increase from last year. Not that we're always trying to do more, better, that kind of thing. Well, better, yes, and maybe not always more. But it was really cool to see that that need need met. And thank you guys for uh, contributing, volunteering. So at one thirty today, not one. Somebody had asked me what time. One thirty today, we're going to be meeting at the uh, right back here. We're going to meet downstairs, pray over the blessing baskets. And then we're going to kind of give everybody instructions about how to deliver those things. So we're going to do all that. Thank you guys for putting out more chairs. Appreciate that. So what a wonderful uh, pleasure it is to to not have a lot of room. That's awesome, right? And so uh, it's really cool. So. But we've got some several things going on, guys. Uh, blessing baskets today. I do also want you to know that youth is not going to be uh, happening tonight here. Uh, we are having rekindle service at the Shawnee campus at 75th and Neiman, man. And, like, here's the deal. If you want to see me cry like a baby, show up at 630 today at, at 75th and Neiman at the New City Church Shawnee campus. It is our last service that we're ever going to have of any kind there. And I, five years ago, I walked into, that, into that, 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 that old dollar theater, and I said, God called me to plant a church, and somebody sent me here. I have no idea what to do. And some of you say, you still don't know what to do, bro. But that's a, and that's all right. We're figuring it out. But, but, man, I'm telling you, that is a very special uh, place, uh, very much a milestone of, of, of mine in my spiritual walk and my spiritual journey of what God called me to do and how God used that building, that space, to, to plant a knucklehead church like ours, right? Like out of that, we planted, a, planted our church here. And now somebody's like, well, knucklehead? Yeah, we're all knuckleheads, right? Remember that? 
uh, series we did a little while back. But, um, but man, I love that. And so I uh, wanted to make sure we clarified that. did have some questions. Some of you are going to the dinner uh, prior to at the Shawnee campus. That's at the new location at 72nd and Quivira, which is right around the corner from there. So I want to make sure that that. But the rekindle is going to be at uh, 6.30 at the uh, very last service at the at 75th and Neiman in the in the old dollar theater so it's great stuff but no regular uh city groups this week or anything like that it's thanks I think there's something like Thanksgiving going on or something a lot of people traveling so uh be be uh, be ready for that so we won't have any of those regular things enjoy your families enjoy we'll knock it start knocking it back out uh the following week but it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you my my buddy uh, that has been coming along with us for several months now and just kind of easing into a little bit of what God's called in him, called him to do. He and I spent, and his uh, lovely wife, spent some time in Columbus, Ohio this past week uh, through what's called the North American Mission Board Assessment uh, Process. And, and the North American Mission Board, is, a, is, a, is a, we have a partnership with these guys. We're one of, uh, man, like a thousands of churches in North America, uh, Mexico, United States, and Canada. And we are only one of 18 of those churches that are considered a multiplying church, meaning that the biblical mandate to go what, what, do what Paul did, basically, start a church, start a church, start a church, start a church, double back, say, hey, we need to support this church, this church. This is what he did. This is what we're doing, right? And so, so what we're doing is launching a new campus in, in the Loma Vista area, which is in Raytown area, right there on 87th and Blue Ridge. And it is, you're going to find out this morning, after you hear the message, you're going to find out why I have the understanding. I'm just thinking it may very well be our largest campus when it's all said and done. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing, right? And so I'm excited about that. But God put some things together several months ago that just led Price Wright and I together. And we've developed an incredible friendship. Yeah, but man, I'm excited about what God is is doing this assessment piece. I'm not supposed to tell Price, but they loved him, right, and his wife, right, and they they really appreciated all the different things that he do. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to sit at the edge of your seat. I want you to take notes. When he makes a joke, I want you to really, really laugh, make him feel special, right? So <laughs> just like well done, right? <laughs> but without anything further, uh, just be pre- be prepared for a lot of laughter, some tears. And some real overwhelming joy about what God has done in the life of, of the Wright family. So without any fur- anything further, welcome Price Wright, a.k.a. P-Dub. I'm so glad to be here, as always. It's been a blessing, a privilege, and an honor getting to know everybody here, New City, Edgerton. How many of y'all feel good being in the place today in the presence of brothers and sisters in God? Now, in the church I grew up in... We did a lot of, you know, talking back. Don't feel free. If you, something hits you or you feel like you want to say, yeah, go ahead and say, yeah, or, you know, whatever you want to do. I'm not asking you to do it. But, you know, if you don't feel too confined to the space of your area. Uh, but I just love New City. Um, if they want to put my family up, they have a second to do that. I want to show that. My beautiful family, my wife. Y'all met my wife, Erica. And then uh, most of you all have met my, my middle child, Princeton. And this morning I was telling a story. I say it like that because there's a story behind what I'm about to say. Princeton last night, he's, he's our active one, our excited one. He's, you know, always doing just crazy things. Last night I left the cup on the uh, table. I was sitting down in the living room kind of doing some stuff and drinking some water. And uh, my wife came and got me off the couch because I had fallen asleep. And uh, so this morning, Princeton just happened to throw that glass down to the bottom of the steps and it went everywhere. So Princeton is that one. He's our exciting one. It just jumps around, but I love him. And then we have the little baby Praxton which uh, he's here all the time. He kind of just bobbles his head around a little bit. But 
Braxton is our, that's our good one. And, and Pricey. Pricey's kind of seen the whole, everything I'm about to share with you. Pricey's kind of seen a lot of that. He's kind of, you know, seen the ups and the downs, some of the hardships and all that. But he's a wonderful child. He's still doing good. His mental is good. So I thank God that God protected him even in that time when we went through hardship. And so one more, one more little formality before I get started. I got to get this out the way. Some of you all just met me. And yes, my first name is Price and my last name is Wright. The middle name is not is. Price is Wright. You know, come on now. <laughs> So I want to get it out of the way. I'm so glad Casey setting it up and giving me the, uh, the laugh thing. But I want to pray before I jump into this. Father God, I just honor you. I have a few minutes to share the goodness of what you've been doing um, in my life and my family's life. God, this world is yours, Lord. And I don't take it for granted that you've given me this opportunity to share with your people. Thank you for Edgerton, for New City Edgerton, um, for the family that's loved us through this season. I'm just asking today that you bless somebody's heart, touch their minds. Somebody needs to hear this right now. I'm asking that you would encourage them, inspire them, um, that you would confirm some things in others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we've been building here with New City um, for a while. It has been a blessing. But in order to get you to understand some of my story, i got to take you back. i got to take you back. Right now, this is a good season of life. God is blessing. I'm about to be the campus pastor of Loma Vista, which is just huge in my mind. And I'm going to explain why that's huge in my mind. Um, my wife and I, we're doing excellent. My family is just what you see is what you get. We have at home what we have here on the screen. We share on Facebook. God has just been really good to us. We have hardships like anybody else. You know, we have, you know, arguments and spits and that. But before the sun goes down, God has blessed us to learn how to, you know, you put those things to bed before you go to sleep. So God has just truly blessed our marriage. And you see that right there. And I'm going to explain some things we went through. God has blessed me to be a business owner right now. Duplex General Contracting is my business. God has blessed me to be able to do that, which has allowed me to have the opportunity to begin to build a relationship that I've built with New City. Just God is doing some crazy thing. I have a basketball program from second to sixth grade. I explain all these things because it's a great season of life. It's a great season. Anybody who's been walking with God knows that seasons come and seasons go, right? You don't always have a great season. Sometimes clouds move in. It gets a little stormy. So I'm going to explain some things that happened to me around this time, about six years ago. There was a storm that it began brewing. But before I get to the storm, I'm going to take it back to the beginning. Research Medical Hospital, I was born. I'm not going to go through the whole story. But I was born there, and to a beautiful parents, my mom and my dad were awesome people. Awesome, just awesome. They raised us well. They gave us good tips and tricks and tools to, to, to grow in the kingdom of God. They didn't force the Bible on us at all, but they did something wise. And, man, and I want to challenge you. Get your children, your, your grandchildren, your youth, your, your nephews and nieces, get them involved in church. Don't, don't force it on them. Get them involved. It, whatever gift they have, get them involved in that gift. My mom and dad were wise enough. God had put it on their hearts to get us involved early. So they had us ushering. They had us twirling the flags in the, in the church drill team. They had us playing instruments, all those things. And we fell in love with the activity of the church. We didn't understand what we were supposed to be understanding in our minds just yet, but we loved the activity of the church. We fell in love. Those, become our, those became our closest friendships. We had some of the closest friends in church. So those are the tools God gave me early. That takes me to my fourth grade year. Mind you, I'm already, I have the tools around me. God has given me good teaching, good preaching. The church we were with, they were great people, Pentecostal. They dance, they shout, they love, they clap, they, they scream, they, but they really loved God. They didn't have it all figured out, as none of us have it all figured out, but we're all striving to learn and grow in Christ. But they were true believers, right? So I grew up with these tools around me. I get to fourth grade. I hear a message one Sunday night. Pastor's preaching about Revelation. He's talking about Jesus, the return of the Lord. He's talking about how he's going to return back. Are you ready? Are you ready? And my heart was just... The sword went in me, and I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready. Like, you know, I've been hearing this stuff, but I don't think I've really accepted Jesus. And it was just intentional. This fourth grader, I accepted and embraced Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
that night, I went home. Before then, I always thought the Bible was a kind of fictional fairy tale like Santa Claus or some Greek mythology, Zeus and all this stuff. That's kind of what I assumed that it was pretty much. And I just enjoyed the activity. But that night I went home, opened up the scriptures and began to read. And through a course of time, God began to build up in me. That this, is, man, this, is, this is real. This is not just a fairy tale. This, this, is, man, this is somebody's story. This is witness. This is witness testimony. Like, wow, it just hit me in a heavy way. So right at that moment, Right at that, that emotional experience I had. Anybody ever had an emotional experience when you received Christ where it's like the scales were taken off your eyes? Anybody ever had that emotional experience? Not everybody. I've had it. It was like a sun, the sun was just, the sun was brighter. The moon was bright. The grass moved better. It was one of those moments. It was emotional. It was, it was mental. It was all those things. But I received Christ. Right? The next day, I remember getting my suit, getting my Bible. It was huge. I got that big old Bible. I put it in my hand. It's the fourth grader. I'm little. I'm skinny. I'm, you know, I'm small. I'm in school. I get that Bible in my suit with my tie. I'm looking good. And I walk into school, and I'm ready. And I'm like, hey, you're going to get a Bible. You're going to get a Bible. And everybody is going to get a Bible today. And I'm going to share the word with you. And I'm just knocking down doors. And I want people to know Jesus. And I want them to. And I'm just giving it away. I have no clue what I'm doing. I don't know anything about planning. I don't know anything about really sharing the word. All I know is I've seen what the pastor does, and I'm going to do that. Because that's what God called me to do. So at this young age, this calling was placed on my life. This calling to serve and share the word of God with people. So I began to activate that even at that age. Don't let nobody tell you you're too young to serve God. Don't let nobody tell you you're too old to serve God. Whatever age you are, if God has put that calling on you, you go forward and you serve the Lord Jesus with all your heart, mind, and soul. So I began to grow from that. Not a lot happened there, but the seeds were already planted. Seeds are starting to be planted in the soil that God is already tilling in my life. Imagine me as soil, big bag of soil. <laughs> I'm in the ground and God is doing this thing and preparing it because he's going to grow some things up there. So with all those tools God gave me for my birth, he begins to activate that desire to call to go out and share his word right back then in fourth grade. And let's take that all the way to high school. I get to high school. Mind you, all this time God is cultivating this ground. There's some little things starting to pop up, some fruit being produced, some, some trees starting to come out the ground just a little bit. But there's also some weeds coming up with that. So at the same time that I'm growing in the Lord, there's also these other desires that begin to pop up from the enemy planting different things. So one of the first things that pops up for me is pornography addiction. It starts to want to choke and grab me by my neck. I can talk about it now because deliverance has come, and I can only give God the glory from that. But back then, it started, started to rise up. So although I'm walking with God, progressing down this road, this addiction says, oh, no, you're not going anywhere. We're going to slow this down. See, because God doesn't. God, God wants you walking right as this child, but the enemy doesn't want to see you produce fruit. Okay, you, okay, okay, okay. maybe you, you come to the Lord. Okay, I see that, but I don't want you active. I don't want you producing fruit. So those weeds come to choke us out, and that's what that was. Then I had those seeds of pride and ego and all that stuff built up from the years that I had all that tools that God had given me, right? God had given me Sunday school every single Sunday. We were in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sometimes, skip Saturday. We were back there Sunday. Every day of the week we were in church. We're learning, we're growing, so I'm just growing in this emotional and this, this mental, oh, I'm just powerful, I know the word. So all these things are kind of brewing on the inside, but God is still doing his work. So in high school, I feel this call to plant a church. I have no clue what a plant looks like. I haven't heard the terminology, but I begin to go forward with it. I had a friend of mine, we're walking together every day to school. I said, man, I feel like God has called me to start something in, church, in, in school because the kids are not going to Fellowship of Christian Athletes. They won't go. The guys around us, the women around us, the girls around us, they won't go. We went, we sat in, we wanted to see if we can, you know, get some of our friends to come. They wouldn't come. So eventually we went and said, okay, we feel God calling us to do it right here in the cafeteria. We start bringing our Bibles. We begin to share the word right there in the cafeteria. We didn't care. And the multiplication was crazy. We went from one to three to nine to five, whatever. It was just going crazy. After a while, the whole place was packed out with people. 
So you have a cafeteria with all these people all coming in on one table wanting to hear. Just, I mean, coming over people, hey, what's going on? I want to hear. Oh, I know about that. I mean, it was like a church service in the middle of the cafeteria in the morning before school would start. Next thing you know, the cafeteria ladies are coming over. Ooh, that sounds good. You're doing a good job. You know, it was just amazing what God had done. But then all of a sudden, principal comes down to, oh, sorry, we got to shut this down. Ah, my heart was ripped out. God put the seeds in me early. I was already walking out what God had given me to do. Even though there were weeds in there, I was still walking in the purpose of God in that time that he called me to do it, right? So I'm in here and I'm, I'm broken. And my heart is like, man, this, God, you gave me the mind to do this. God said, I'm going to show you how I provide provision. So at that early age, God, for the first time, shows me how he provides for us if we trust him. So it goes about a couple days or a week or so later, I get a teacher come to me. One of my favorite teachers, her name is Kay Kimes. One of the, I, have to, I have to say her name because she's a big part of my testimony. She comes up to me and she says, hey, yeah, I heard what you were doing. And it was, in, it, was, it was pretty awesome what you were doing. I want to offer you a full room and I want to bring you donuts every single Wednesday. So every Wednesday, she allowed us to have her room and she brought donuts for us every single week and allowed us to go in there. And once again, the multiplication started. We didn't know if it was going to grow like it did in the cafeteria, but sure enough, one, three, five, nine, fifteen, whatever. It just started growing and it, Ultimately, the class was full of people. Back then, I was just excited about the numbers. I didn't know much about discipleship. I didn't know much about any of that stuff. I just knew, oh, it's growing. Things are happening. God is moving. That was my first experience, knowing that God had called me to do more than just receive him and share the word, but he called me to plant wherever I was at that time. Remember, I didn't know what planting was. So then I'm walking with God a little further. Things are going. I'm seeing God's hand move, but I'm still dealing with the weeds that are building up. And all of a sudden, I get to college. And that beautiful woman you saw up there, she started chasing me down. We don't lie in church. I was chasing her down. I knew her schedule. And so I waited. Like, ooh, I see her. Oh, find her. Oh, let's go out. We went out. She graciously accepted, and we got married and ended up having our kids. And our family began to grow. And things looked really good. We had our one child, which was Price. And the first few years were really good. I started youth pastoring at that time. I began to walk, you know, more in this calling. I didn't pray about that. Didn't. Didn't ask my wife if uh, that was okay. Didn't really seek her. I was just mad because she, we decided not to go down and play basketball at the college. I, she didn't want to go to this little city, so I'm upset. So I said, I'm going to go back and I'm going to give my all to God, and I'm going to serve. So you have this ego and this pride and this built up of this emotion, and I'm going to go serve out of spite. Didn't pray about serving as the youth pastor of one of the largest churches in Missouri, Pentecostal churches. But I, I did it. Mind you, I'm serving this position, but I'm dealing with all these root issues that are from when I was younger. I got this ego and this pride built up from all those years of church. I have this pornography and this lust addiction built up and this sexual morality that's starting to roller coaster. And there's a tornado of turbulence that's growing right here. And I'm driving or riding, probably riding my bike because in high school I rode my bike sometimes, kind of corny. But it's this big tornado is coming towards me and I see it out of my peripheral. I'm like, okay, I can get away from this thing. It's not going to hit me. It's not going to hit me. God, I know you're going to protect me. I know you're going to protect me. But see, God will not allow you to continue to walk the way you're walking in disobedience and not discipline you. See, God knows how to discipline you beyond anything you can imagine. You're thinking, oh, he's going to give me a whooping? Nah. God knows how to get you in the right areas in your mind, in your heart, in your whole soul. He knows how to get you right where you need to be to understand his hand, his hand moving. And it's your choice to decide if you're going to walk in obedience and repent and turn from those things. You don't even have to get that far. You can stop right now, repent, and turn from anything that you're doing. You don't have to bump your head. But you have to make the choice to walk with God. So let's get to the point. So I'm a youth pastor, and this, these weeds come in. They're ready to choke me out. They start choking. I can feel it, right? So I got that going on. My wife is experiencing some things because I broke trust with her. Because in the inbox on Facebook, Instagram, there's some emotional connections going on with some other women. Ooh, it was tough. I can talk about it now because I've been delivered. We don't need none of that. So that all that's happening. 
Trust is broken. I walk into my job right around the same time. Remember, this is all around the same time. I walk into my job unexpectedly. Sorry, we got to fire you. Anybody that's ever lost a job, you know how that feels. So now you're dealing with home problems going on. Then you're dealing with, uh, the job is gone. Next thing you know, my car is repoed because I can't pay the car. I had a person I'm renting a house from who was like a family friend who let us stay for a few months. No jobs were coming through. I'm applying to like 30 different places in my career field. Nothing is opening up. I try to get the temporary assistance from the government. I'm not getting the dime. So I'm just collecting whatever I can. Any change I can pick up. Temporary part-time little jobs. I'm getting them. And I'm just trying to put together what I can to let us eat. Still got the home problems brewing. Still got all that other stuff going. No job. You know. Now the place is gone. He comes, takes the keys. I have to give them back because I can't pay the rent. Now I'm homeless. So much so, so much things happening at one time. It was too much pressure on our marriage, too much pressure on me and my wife. We ended up separating. One of the hardest moments of my life. Felt like a failure as a father, failure as a husband. Here I am behind closed doors doing things I had no business doing emotionally. And Jesus said, even as you think it, it's already done. You've already committed that adultery in your heart. So here I am doing things that I know better than doing, but I'm caught in this web. These weeds have wrapped themselves around me and they're squeezing me. But I'm God's child. So he's not going to let me go. There's discipline about to happen, right? So then God begins to move on things. So all this stuff is happening. I'm holding this stuff like, this is mine, Lord, it's mine. Whew, my wife, that situation is going, whoop, my job is going, the house is going, all this stuff is slipping out of my hands. I thought I had control. I thought I could manipulate the situations. I thought all this knowledge and this stuff was going to help me, but it, it wasn't at that moment. I came to a tough place where after all that stuff was gone and I'm walking down the streets trying to catch the bus, I'm having to empathize with people that I'm seeing around me who have the same things going on. They're struggling. They're broken. They're hurting. God said, I'm giving you a heart for these people. I didn't know if I was ever going to come out of that. So the enemy starts speaking at that moment. Put a book in my hand. It's about 500 pages long. I read it in about two or three days. The book was on neuropsychology. And the book was talking about how nothing is real. Nothing exists. You're not even real. Your mind doesn't exist. It was a fictional book. But I have no clue how I picked up this book. This book started putting all kinds of evil thoughts in my mind. Just about how I'm just going to do what I want to do. Nothing's real anyway. Just the enemy. Enemy began to hit me mentally. Your wife might be doing this, all these different things. These thoughts are going through my mind. You're never going to recover. You're embarrassing. I had to step down from my youth pastor position because it was just too much happening. They didn't even ask me to step down. Things were going pretty good on that front as far as numbers, but behind the cl- I, it was so much happening, I couldn't even see straight. I had to step down. Embarrassing. All this stuff happened. And the enemy says... He starts giving those thoughts. Oh, you don't need to be here. You're not a child of God. What are all this stuff is happening? I remember walking out one night in this tornado of turbulence and all this stuff happening at the same time. And I'm not the only one with a testimony. Many of us have been through things. You all have experienced some stuff, but this is my personal one. So I'm walking out, right? Walking out of this plaza door. I had just turned the book back into the library. So I'm walking out. I'm down. I got my head down. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to go do whatever I want to do and live however I want to live. Here's a God that's been walking with the Lord all these years talking about what God has done, ready to throw it away. At that moment, two people walk right past me. I open up the door, they walk right past me. God spoke to me right there. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, look at those two people that just passed you. Mind you, I just got done reading this collegiate book with all these big words in it, and God began to speak some things to me. I probably can't even remember now. But he said, the synapses of their brains that fire off, who did that? Who gave them the hair follicles that's on their head? You can't even number them. I can't. I know every single one of them. I look down at the ground, and then the grass began to move in the wind. God said, who do you think did that? The beauty of that. I looked up at that moment. And all this was happening. Nobody knows. And I'm like, it didn't, it didn't snap on me until after this moment. I look up. The moon is bright. The stars are out. God said, who do you think put that there? Who do you think put that there in the sky? And the scripture came back to me. I knew it was the Holy Spirit because it was scripture. It matched me. It was right on point. He said, 
Creation displays the being of God, the glory of God. It hit me. And at that moment, I knew I could either succumb to the test or I could pass the test by trusting God. I had to give it up at that moment. I knew I had to give it up. So I said, you know what? I'm not Job, and I'm not going through what he went through, but, man, this is a test. And I couldn't stand boldly and say, it's a test. I haven't done nothing wrong. I had to kind of, man, this is a test. But I, could, I had to kind of put my head down because I couldn't walk boldly and be like, yes, I've been doing good. Nah, but I understood, even though I've messed up, God, you give me a chance. You're, you're disciplining me. Now I can walk in your power. I realize I'm going through a test. Am I going to act the way I've been talking for years and say, I really trust you? Do I really trust you? And at that moment, I laid it all in God's hands. It changed. I felt the power of the Lord rise up in me, and I began to walk with a whole new vigor and fervor. And it wasn't a pride. It was a humility. It was a newfound humility that I was not in control. I couldn't manipulate my way out of situations, that God had his hand on my job, and he could close it up anytime he wanted, and that he could take away the woman I love if I didn't, if I didn't get it where it needed to be. God began to move. I went from that season of turbulence to a season of restoration because of the Lord Jesus, his hand and his timing. He began to move on my finances. He began to move on my home. God brought me and my wife back together in his own way. Pride and ego, he tore down the walls of those and brought it. There's a season of love going on. You see those two little kids? A season of love has been brewing. We got back together for a couple years because we didn't even want to have no kids or nothing yet. We didn't want that to be the reason we were back together. God blessed us. We went and sat down in the church and began to get good teaching and get some richness in our family and build us back up. God begins to do that. God began to heal our hearts in ways that we couldn't even imagine. But we had to first learn to let things go and put them in God's hands and walk with the power of God, truly trusting God in the situations. We didn't learn it all right away, but God began to heal us and deliver us and bring us out and begin to bless us financially. And we began to go on vacations and have a good time. And God was just doing a wonderful work. And that leads us to this moment where we are. We sat in that church for about five or six years, just soaking. Although I was itching to speak and teach and sing and all these different things I've been doing all those years before, God said, you sit down and you be quiet. I need you to patiently wait for me to open the door for you. Don't go out and start you a church. I want you to patiently wait until I lay it in your lap. And that was tough because I'm a man that was always like, I got to go make it happen. But I knew I got to be obedient. I've seen the hand of discipline of God. I want to be obedient in this season and not try to make things happen. I want to trust you, Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge God, and he shall, or will, depending on which one you, he'll direct your path. He'll make your path straight. You have to trust in the Lord. We begin to do that. And we just, we just sat there. And I was itching. I wanted to move. And all of a sudden, divinely, after five years of sitting, God began to connect me with the right people. Got met with Ryan and Casey. I had no clue what was going on. God told me at a certain time, at about seven months ago, he said, I want you to turn your keys in. I want you to cast your net. And I'm going to help you really fish. God told me. I was at my job. I had been working there. And I'm like, Lord, I can't do that. But I didn't want to be disobedient. I knew God had called me to be obedient. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step out here. I, I, I hear it in my heart that you're calling me to step out on faith. I'm going to step out and trust you with it. With my job, my family, with everything. I had no clue that God was brewing something in my calling, in the area of my call. I had no clue. I step out, begin to connect and beat and build with, with New City. What's funny to me is I hear New City telling their story. Everything that was happening for me, they were just starting about seven years ago. It was about seven years ago we were going through our heavy trial. 2019 will be the seven years ago. God was doing something amazing. I had no clue what was going on. So Ryan and Casey met with me. We began to talk. We began to build. And I had, the first time I met Casey, I thought it was a pyramid scheme meeting. I met with Casey. He's so energetic. And so I'm like, man, this dude trying to sell me something. I am not trying to hear this. I'm not trying to hear this mess, you know? 
But after a couple meetings, me and Casey became like best friends. It's like we knew each other for years. It's like it was just like meant to be. My wife even said, you guys kind of act the same. It's kind of weird. You know, we were just, it was just like straight love. Then he invited me out here. I came out to New City Edgerton. I think one of the 10 o'clock, 1030 services was like one of the first people I met when I came out. And I was thinking, this big old black guy going out to Edgerton, this is not probably going to be a good combination. I get out here, and all of a sudden, I'm loved. And I feel this love that's just ridiculous and rich. And I'm like, wait a minute. Man, this is crazy. Okay, let me, I want to take this back to my wife and share with her and just pray about it. Obviously, this time I want to pray about it because you heard what happened back when I didn't pray about it. And I walked in position, youth pastor, your things blew up in my face. I said, I want to pray about this and check with my wife. Let's make sure. I'm a big dude, but I'm going to check with the little wife first. So I called my wife. I'm like, babe, you know, I just want you to come out and check out some things. I didn't want to give her no information. I didn't want to try to woo her over. I wanted God to lead it because I said, if God shuts this down, we'll be right back where we were. We'll sit. We'll patiently wait. My wife came out here, and the people of Edgerton loved on my wife so much so she fell in love with it and began to share it with her friends on phone conversations. You know, it re- you know it's real when she's on the phone with her friend sharing about how much she loved and loved the people. God began to move on that thing. And before you knew it, calling that God had in my life from way back when he began to move on in a situation that I had no clue was being established and set up. I didn't go out and seek and try to make things happen. But when God laid it in my lap the way he acted, where he told me and told me to be patient, I stepped out. I didn't have a clue God was going to really in not only my own business opportunities, my business began to blow up the minute I stepped away. And I'm not calling you to do that. If God didn't tell you to do that, don't do it. If God told you to stay put and make for your family, you do that. But God had commissioned me to step forward. And the minute I stepped out, he blessed my business. And then all of a sudden, he blessed the calling that he put on my life. And now I stand here. I want to be the pastor, the campus pastor for Loma Vista. And it's all because of the love, the guidance of God, but the connection with the Edgerton New City and the New City Shiny Mission family. It's all one. God had taught me how to give of my life to him. So today, I challenge you to do the same in your life, to give it all to God. Not only your time, your talent, your energy, your mind, your heart, all of that. The two greatest commands, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's one of the first messages I heard when I came here. We was in the Love Thy Neighbor series. And I was having a hard time doing it. But God blessed me to come to the right place at the right time. God has moved on the hearts of the Edgerton people, the New City people, New City Shiny. And I'm just glad that we're able to be a part of this next move of God. I challenge you to trust God with all your heart. I challenge you to walk in the power of God so that God can do incredible things in your life. He has not stopped doing the incredible things that he did years ago back in Scripture. He's still doing them, but you got to walk in his will. You have to trust his timing, and you can be all that God has called you to be. I thank y'all for this time that you're giving me to share what God has done in my life. And I'm going to pray. Father God, I'm just honored that you gave me this time to share this word with my family. Thank you, God, that you're doing things that are beyond anything that I can see. You've, you've established this new city connection. You've led me right where I needed to be at the right time, God, with a man who was following your heart, with a team that is following your heart and your will. Thank you that you've showed yourself strong in so many ways, Father. I'm praying for the people of Edgerton that they would go forward and serve you with their full hearts, that love would overflow from this place. We already see you filling the room, but you're not only just filling the room, you're filling the room with those that want to make disciples, God. I'm praying, God, the lives will be blessed from this message and from everything that you're doing. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.